The hope has been overwhelmed by the hype around the Buffalo Bills. The expectation for a playoff payoff at the end of the year. The expectations are sky high. Welcome to the NFL season kickoff. Welcome to the 63rd season of Buffalo Bills football. Welcome to SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Roll to his right, fires a man wide open. It is caught, it is caught by Davis Runt into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! A beautiful play-action pass, amazing. Stafford surrounded by Bills and dropped. He's in trouble. He is sacked. Von Miller first sack in a Buffalo Bills uniform. He's going to keep it and run with it. Heads to the far sideline. He gets tracked down by the Rams, but he's got the first down. Josh found a crease in the defense, and then he was off to the races, and he threw a big old yeah. stiff arm at the end of that run. Looks to throw. Fires caught by Isaiah McKenzie. Fights his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Gonna go deep. Looks downfield. He makes the catch there. Escape Davis who makes the catch there and he is brought down. Pumps once. Now he's gonna keep it. He's gonna run. He's inside the five. He's tries to stretch into the end zone. He is in. He is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen. Fires one down the middle. This one is intercepted. Picked off by Jordan Boyer at the Buffalo 38. And he is brought down by Cooper Cup at the Buffalo 41 yard line. Interception. Runs to his right, throws it downfield, looking for Diggs. Diggs stops, and he makes the catch, and he's in the end zone! Touchdown, Buffalo, Stephon Diggs! Adjusted as the ball was hung up high by Josh Allen. This pass is tipped, and is intercepted. Picked off by Boogie Basher for the Bills. He's still on the run inside the 30, inside the 25, and brought down finally at the 22-yard line. Boogie Basham. It's a 31 to 10 Buffalo Bills victory. A game that was tied at 10 apiece in the first half at halftime. And the Bills come out on top 31 to 10. And a remarkable start for the Bills. A great start to the season. Let the party begin here in Los Angeles and back home in Buffalo. That is your Toshiba Game Rewind. Toshiba, the official copier company of the Buffalo Bills. Welcome into a Buffalo football Friday after the Thursday night kickoff game in which the Bills probably could have won by 40 were it not for four turnovers of their own. The Buff the biggest Bills enemy in that game that kept it from being a blowout at halftime were the Bills uh, who had three first half turnovers which turned a, an early 10-0 lead into a 10-10 tie at halftime but the team comes out over the final two quarters and smokes the Rams like salmon. <laughs> I mean, the Rams didn't score a single point in the second half. The Bills get three takeaways of their own, all via the interception. They don't blitz Matthew Stafford a single time in the game, sack him seven times, hit him 15 more times. It's, it's pretty remarkable, Steve. Back in March, after free agency, okay, people are talking about Von Miller, and Von was great last night. And, you know, they're, they're talking about other additions to the team. And I said, I might be in the minority here. I said, but I'm really pumped up about the defensive tackles on this team. When they added Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, and Daquan Jones, I said, I want to see those guys more than anybody else when we get to the regular season. And I don't know if there was an element of Buffalo's team that made a bigger difference than the defensive line last night. 
kudos to everybody else because it was a total team effort. But you want to talk about tone setters. Those guys up front brought it hard, and the Rams had no answers whatsoever. Four to the last six games that the Bills have played, they haven't had to punt. Last night was another one. Um, the Bills get the ball to open the game, and as I, I reminded you, it's plinkety, plink, plink, boom, down the field, <laughs> touchdown. They come out and get a stop on the Rams. They start, they're taking the ball down again to score. They haven't, I mean, they haven't even hiccuped. And then the uh, McKenzie catch, catch interception. And, you know, you just think, wow, okay, it, it really took the air out of the balloon for a minute. The Bills answered it with a three and out. They come back out, uh, they get a field goal on the next one. I mean, it's just one thing. They had back-to-back, uh, actually, uh, turnovers. Yeah. So it was the interception, then the, uh, then the fumble. But un- it was unbelievable the, uh, the way this game, you know, unfolded. You said it in the, in the pregame. You said one big thing. You know, the defensive line's got to uh, – They had to be better than the Rams' D-line. They had to be better D-line. than the Rams' D-line, and they were. And also, By a mile. And also the Bills – Marquee players had to play big in the big moments, and they did by a mile. Jalen Ramsey is Twitter fodder today. He gave up uh, two touchdowns. Uh, now, one, not all of them were his, and he he didn't play. You know, he wasn't horrific last night. And some of the thing, the, his responsibilities, he was trying to cover some, for some people and was expecting some things in the secondary that didn't happen for him. He was supposed to get some help on the long digs touchdown, didn't get it. But nevertheless. Uh, the Bills' stars shined brightly last night. Yeah. The brightest of which were Diggs, Von Miller, and of course the creature John Josh Allen, yeah. uh, who um, is still the ultimate weapon. I so re- wow. I, re- I remember back in 2019 after that Miami game yeah. where Josh put the team on his back and almost single-handedly won a game and came within a Charles Clay catch at the goal line of staging a ridiculous comeback, but they lose that game 21-17. I came in here with you and Murph, and I said the Bills have their quarterback. Yeah. We've seen the dramatic increase in productivity, poise, decision-making, accuracy, all of those things. Jordan Palmer, who we've had on this show several times, told us there is no ceiling to his game, which is a frightening thought in light of how well he's played the last two-plus seasons. But a creature is not an apt enough description for what Josh Allen is. Neither is a unicorn. That's an understatement. Josh Allen is an ass-kicking ninja at quarterback. That's who he is. There is nobody else like him. He is an ass-kicking ninja. I mean, the stiff-arming defensive backs out of bounds, (laughs) leaping over Bobby Wagner, a three-time First-team All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowl linebacker who still runs like a deer at age 32. He can't keep him out of the end zone. Yeah. Mina Kimes, who the is NFL this Network, guy? Mina Kimes, the NFL Network, uh, tweeted out last night. Yes, it made me belly laugh. She said, you know, it really seems unfair that Buffalo has an actual Buffalo, Buffalo yeah. at quarterback. <laughs> a guy who's actually a yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, Josh... Uh, and it's not, and he did, and I, and I think the one thing you take away is, man, it was a lot last night. He ran a lot. He, he took ran a lot more of than hits, I wanted him to. A lot of punishment. There's all of that is in there, and certainly, you, when you get away with it, it's like escaping death. You know, you kind of laugh about it later. Uh, he got which is what to we're the at now. Hard he and... got, he was underneath some piles last night. Uh, it's not something you want to see. Uh, 
But I think in, in even so, this, the, the touchdown he goes in on was the one that put it up 24 to 10. So the game was still in doubt at this point. Um, the rest of it. I don't know if it was. <laughs> right. The Rams look dead he as a doornail in the third quarter. 24-10, and then they go up 31-10, and, and the route was on. But um, he, as good as he is, the team still has enough firepower around him and he distributes the ball enough that he doesn't have to do that he maybe you know once or twice a game and it is a double digit win he doesn't have to do it like nine times he doesn't have to do it like running for a touchdown every third play or every third drop back but he does it less than a handful of times in a normal game and it's still a double digit win for this club particularly with that defensive unit playing the way it did last night against a very good offense yeah uh yeah, it, it, hard to imagine it going better, even from the coaching standpoint. You got guys coughing the ball up all over the place, keeping the thing tight in the first half. I mean, there's all there's plenty of stuff to clean up and say, hey, guys, you, what are you doing here? Uh, so even two the, that. Two of those first half turnovers were on their own half of the field. Right. For a I t- mean, how about that Bills defense? For a, Yeah, for a three-touchdown game, there's a, there's a lot to keep these guys humble. In there, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And look, Josh deserves an enormous amount of credit because there were some plays that weren't going to work unless he extended it and made something happen. I'm still amazed that the 53 yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs was drawn up in the dirt, it wasn't even the play that was called. Josh takes the play from Dorsey, gets in the huddle, and tells Diggs, Go run down the field as far as you can, right? And Diggs listened to him, and it reminded me of a game against Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars back in 2018 when Josh Allen told Robert Foster, just run down the field to the 20-yard line. I'll hit you inside. I'll hit you at the top of the numbers. And Josh got his block knocked off on the play, but it was a 75-yard touchdown. Um, And Diggs pointed this out, and I still think he is underrated in this area. Josh Allen is a quarterback savant. He sees things out there that not every quarterback sees. Somebody like Peyton Manning, yes. Brady, probably. You know, even Rodgers. You know, you're talking about high-level football IQ. Drew Brees is another example of that. Right. They just see little, little tells in the defense on a previous play earlier in the game that will tell him in this down-and-distance situation – I'm probably going to have this situation. So instead of this play call, which is that's good, right? We're going to get a touchdown off of this if I just tell Diggs to do right. that, right? And that's what he did. And and when Josh talked about it after the game, he said, "Yeah, I thought we could get something there because on that alignment that they were showing us on those down and distances, they the DBs were peeking in the backfield at the quarterback too much." So Josh figures, all right, I'll drop back to pass, and then I'll roll out and buy some time. That'll suck the corners up because they'll think I'm taking off again, and now I've got yeah. digs, and I, can, I just got to throw it as far as I can. Right, yeah. The, he was noticing the, where the eyes of the DBs were and using it against him and anticipating it. And that, you're right. I think Josh now at this point, he was, and he's been there since 2020, um, 
now I think more so even with Dorsey now instead of Dayball, he's got the ability to think, get out ahead of, not just recognize and understand it after it happened, but get out ahead of it and say, okay, here's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's another level. Uh, certainly, we there was evidence of that last night, and the the statistical analysis of this game is unbelievably laughable. Yeah, and uh, we'll and we'll talk about this too because I charted. We know the Bills were 9 of 10 on third down conversions, which is nuts in and of itself. But if you break it down, it's even more impressive, Steve. Their three longest plays from scrimmage were on third down. The 53-yard touchdown, the 47-yard completion to Gabe Davis, and the 26-yard touchdown on third and one. Their three longest plays came on third down. They also scored three touchdowns on third down. Josh's four-yard scramble was the other one. So their third down efficiency was at an all-time high last night. They were simply unstoppable on third down, and that's why this team doesn't punt. They don't even get to fourth down half the time. Yeah, they were 0 for 0 on fourth down. We didn't get there. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And, they, you know, you can say what you want about the, the turnovers, but I'm telling you that it did not – those – the turnovers were after they were already going to get a first down. You know, the, the McKenzie one was for a first down. Uh, the, uh, the, the only real turnover they had was the one where Crowder was crossing the middle. And I thought yeah. Crowder, too. Uh, Crowder was kind of – he was idling across the middle, and he wasn't coming across hard, which is probably by design because the linebacker was zoned off underneath him. But Hill did a nice job cut, undercutting that route, and Josh put it right on his – right on him instead of out in front of yeah, him. Yeah, he didn't lead him into the space and, there. Uh, and Crowder wasn't running that hard at the time. And that's what you do as a defensive back. You know, you're playing that, you know, when they, and, and Josh threw it late too. It was yeah. a late, he threw it, it late over the read, middle. Yeah. And when that happens, it does give the DB an opportunity to undercut the route. And that's what happened there. That's probably the only mistake Josh has on the night, like true mistake. Um, and that's one that he'll probably be all over himself about. The guy had... Five incompletions, Steve? Yeah. Five? Like, and that's insane. And how about this? You know, we started with the D-line, too. Matthew Stafford dropped back to pass 41 times. He got hit 22 times on those 41 dropbacks. That's over 50%. Yeah. For a team that, more often than not, gets the ball out quick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane, yeah, some it's, of these numbers. It's a, it's a cra- crazy... Uh, it's a crazy game to, to watch and see how the Bills came out and played. I, and and let me just say this: a couple of we got a ton of stuff to talk about here. But yeah, we got to get to the phones. Too. First first thing out of the gate, I got I got to just shake my head and and wow, Christian Benford got the start at corner for the Bills, yep. sixth round rookie. And let me say this too: and and I'm not this is nothing against Kyrie Elam because both those guys, Kyrie Elam got 30 snaps of defense on the night. And Benford got 39 snaps. Yep. They were rotating every two series, giving them a chance. Um, good for them. Because I'll say this, Kyrie, I have not been disappointed with the way Kyrie Elam played. But it's a testament to Christian Benford. And I think it says enormous amounts of why this team is a destination for players who are looking for a place to play. Christian Benford earned the spot as a sixth-round pick. They put him in ahead of a first-round draft pick. That sends a ripple effect across the National Football League. Brandon Bean didn't have a problem with it. McDermott didn't have a problem with it. If you earn it, you get it. And that's really 
unbelievable in today's NFL where you think you got these GMs are worried about what they look like and missing on a draft pick or, you know, they didn't care. Yeah. Benford earned Best it. Guys he gets play. it. They, and around the league, when you're looking for a place to play, all guys want is a place. If I earn it, I don't want this guy to get it because he's making more money than me. If I earn it, I don't want this guy to get it because of whatever reason. If I earn it, I should get it. And that's what they did. Uh, Christian Benford and Elam both didn't even know they were rookies, had no idea where they were, what they were doing, whether they were 10-year vets or 10-week rookies. They both played very solid, and I think the and and no question they got some help from that front front four who was really putting pressure on them. But man, oh man, kudos to Sean McDermott and the coaching staff, Brandon Bean and their scouting staff. They got a sixth round draft pick and a first round draft pick, both playing at a high level. Uh, not to mention Dane Jackson having a game. Um, I can't get over the stones it takes to start a rookie sixth-round draft pick ahead of a, a number one p- overall yeah. pick. They, I'm not saying it's not the right thing. I'm, I'm saying to make that statement about your team and about your roster is is absolutely am- amazing and fantastic. Especially it's, a roster as deep as this one. It's amazing and fantastic, and I think that, to me, was one of the – one of the more forgotten moments and forgotten things about Sean McDermott and getting his team ready last night. It's absolutely amazing that that happened in the well, NFL. Yeah, it's that. And then on top of that, it's player development. Benford probably wasn't super polished coming in the door back in May or mid-April or May. You know? Right. Guy's ready for ready to match up with – a guy who's been a number one wide receiver for a long time in this league, and Allen Robinson, who's 6'4", 220. Two targets, one catch, 12 yards. Yeah. And look, the pass rush certainly helped those rookie corners, and it probably gave the defensive staff confidence in putting those guys out on the field and letting them sink or swim because they were going to get support up front. I think they felt very confident in the matchups up front, which was going to, in turn, help the guys on the back end. And you have Poyer and Hyde back there as a safety blanket. Yeah. But – those kids played well, and they deserve a pat on the back for it. Now go out and do it again this week. Let's go to the phones, though, where we've got people waiting patiently to weigh in on their thoughts on the game. And first up today is Scott in Jamestown. What do you got for us, Scott? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, uh, Chris and Steve. I'm happy the Bills beat the Williams. Way to go, Bills. Woo-hoo! All right. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. Okay. Yep. All right. I, I guess he just needed to hoot and holler on the phone. That was great. Um, love the energy. Let's go to Bob in Hamburg next. What do you got for us, Bob? God, where do I start? This is the best day ever. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was just incredible to see how ultra-prepared the Bills were for the game yesterday. Um, and any of the questions about, can Ken Dorsey, can, can he call a game? Can he make a play? How about that? Yeah. And he slammed that in the face of the entire country. And that is just awesome. And we don't even have Tredavious White. We're talking about all the rookies um, in the uh, that were starting in secondary. And I was just watching another guy named, I don't know, Jim Rome, who said that it was so embarrassing in L.A. that the Bills Mafia was so loud that the Rams had to go on a silent count in their own stadium. And that is just awesome. It, 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 it was the most incredible thing. I mean, 
I had the season tickets from 1987 and 1994. So I went to the heyday and all the years and the four Super Bowl years. And yesterday was the most, it was almost like winning the Super Bowl. And, and we know that yesterday wasn't our goal. We have the whole year to go. But if this is the start of it, God bless our team. Thank you, guys. All right. Good call, Bob. Yeah. Thanks for it. Appreciate it. Um, let's talk about Ken Dorsey for a second, Steve. Um, I just recently put together a, a long-form write-up on buffalobills.com last week on Dorsey and how he was poised to elevate this Bills offense higher, which is a lofty statement. But the reason I, I titled that write-up as I did was because everybody I spoke to in his past, going all the way from Butch Davis at the University of Miami to Derek Anderson, who was his teammate in the league and then was coached by him in Carolina, to NFL executives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was not one person that just said, well, let's wait and see. There was resolute confidence that who he was as a player, along with his ultra-competitive and aggressive nature and mind for football, was going to not only keep this offense on track, but maybe take it to another level. Now, we only have one game as an example, and I'm sure there are going to be weeks where it doesn't look this good. Uh, and he has the all-time equalizer in Josh Allen. But Ken Dorsey was more than ready for this. Right. And, I mean, the third and one call, that was a play they had been working on in practice because based on what they had deciphered from Rams film, they thought in a situation like that they could get a good bite on a play fake. And holy cow. I mean, Gabe Davis could have sat down and caught the ball, then got up and right. still made it to the end zone. Yeah, and, and you knew this too. Josh coming out of there, we saw this – We've seen it Josh's entire career. If Ramsey sticks with Gabe Davis on the boot, Josh gets the first down anyway because there's like 15 yards of open space and one guy out there coming down the line, the linebacker. If Ramsey drops back and takes Davis, there's nobody out there, and he runs up the sidelines for 8 or 9, 10, or maybe all the way for a touchdown. I mean, that's it was a great play call. They overstacked the line. Spencer Brown, right tackle, went all the way over and played outside left tackle uh, Deion Dawkins. And then they had a tight end outside of him, and Dawson Knox on the end of the line of scrimmage as a tackle lineman on the right side outside the guard, Bates. So they were they were they were unbalanced to the left, bootlegged out to the right. Nobody was over there. Nobody home. Touchdown. It was a masterful call. And you're right. If this would had been an interview to see whether Ken Dorsey could be in offensive coordinator he aced it mm -hmm. I mean he knocked the interview out of the park uh he walked out with a job offer I mean that, that it, it couldn't you couldn't do any better than he did last night I don't know because the internet is undefeated I don't know <laughs> if you saw this tweet but last night somebody put up a photo of Dorsey in a Bills cap uh walking through the bowels of the stadium and the tweet said Wanted for murder in L.A. <laughs> he absolutely killed the Rams with his play calling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People are so funny. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the phones, though. 
and we go to Eric in Florida. What do you got for us, Eric, here on One Bills Live? Hey, Chris. Um, hey, Steve. Uh, just wanted to talk about the, you know, your cornerback of the rookie corners. Yeah. And, you know, we know Sean likes to motivate, and he likes guys. Brandon Bean loves guys with a chip on their shoulder. How big of a chip did they just create with Kair Elam by starting a sixth-round rookie ahead of him? It's going to motivate him to go harder, faster, stronger, and be the best corner he can be to get the most out of that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been said, too, reported that Kyrie Elam and Benford are real close now. They've become real close buddies because they're trying to endure all this together. And to have them split reps the way they did last night, 30 for Elam, 39 for Benford, really is going to make them – not only more competitive, but also bring them closer together because they're going to have conversations about what they saw when you were in there, what they did when I was in there. Um, I really envy that for the two of them to go through this together as closely as they are. But that's another example of the scene that the coaching staff sets for young players. There are some teams in this league where the coaching staff will just say, well, it's you against him. May the best man win. That's not the approach that the coaching staff takes here. They look at those two guys and say, look, you're in this together. You can either raise the level of each other's play or you can drag each other down. So decide what you want to do. But there is not – I'm trying to figure out the best way to frame this. They do not promote elevating yourself by tearing somebody else down. It's it's a collective, you know, rising tide raises all boats kind of thing. And these two young players, not not to mention the fact that they draft guys who will adopt that kind of approach, high-character people, that kind of stuff, team concept, all of that, these guys are in it together, and because they're working together, they're helping each other get better faster with the help of the coaching staff. It's hard for people who haven't been involved in team sports or in sort of a team lifestyle, like football, like guys like me and, and you were that way in competitive soccer. Uh, people who take part in team sports and and team building exercises who don't do that, they have a hard time getting around their head around the fact that Kyir Elam is probably Christian Benford's biggest fan and vice versa. That's the atmosphere that is inside the room. It is us against them, not me against you. It's us against them. And if I can help you help us win, I will do that. And if you can help me help mm-hmm. us win, we, you will do it too. And there's a huge mutual trust and uh, encouragement atmosphere between players and between position groups, between both sides of the ball, between coaches. Uh, it's an environment that is fostered and cultivated by the head coach and the lead, and the players' leadership and the coaching staff, the veteran players. In, and what these players bring to the table from the lower levels of football. They've, even youth football begins to indoctrinate kids into an unselfish, I am for you mentality. And that's one of the great gifts. And I've said it to youth football programs, moms and, and dads and, and people at large when I speak, is that it, it is one of the great gifts that football gives to young people. Certainly, there's a physical risk of playing football because it is a rough and tumble sport, even at the youth age. But it does teach them invaluable lessons that nothing else can. Yeah. That nothing else can. And uh, it's, it's worth it 
for most of these guys. And you see it as they grow to be men. And even guys who quit playing at lower level after college or even high school, they'll take lessons they've learned from it into their life going forward. Uh, and at this level, I think most people, and the media is notorious for this, they can't get their head around like Jimmy Garoppolo staying on the 49ers and cheering yeah, they pit for Trey one person. Lance. They pit one player against another. And it's just not that way in the locker room. And that's um, why a lot of people can't get their head around the relationships these guys have. Yeah. We have to take a break here. When we come back, we will get to more of your phone calls, your takeaways from the season-opening domination by the Bills over the defending Super Bowl champs. We also have to go around the locker room. We'll do that next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. It is time to go around the locker room, and we begin with the man who had a pretty impressive debut as a Buffalo Bill, Von Miller, who had two sacks in the game, along with a few quarterback hits, kind of led the charge, set the tone for the Bills' pass rush on the evening. Here is Von on the defensive performance against the Rams. We got a great unit, um, and we got, we, got great, we got a great coaching staff as well. Um, coach Frazier, you know, Coach Washington, they do a good job getting us ready to go. Coach, Coach Washington did a great job with the D-line. I think everybody on the D-line had a sack today and interceptions. You know, Coach, Coach Washington did a great job of, of having us ready to go today. And, you know, the players came out and played today as well. So it, it, was, it was a great day. Um, it always feels good to go out there and do your job. But when you have everybody on that defensive front contributing the way that they did, not only just taking them down, but I think they hit Stafford like 15 times tonight in addition to the sacks. Like, when, how unstoppable do you guys feel as a front when everybody's eating? Oh, you, you really had to, uh, you know, single games out, you know. You want to get too, uh, too ahead of yourselves. You know, this is, this is a humbling league. Um, you want to celebrate this win. You want, you want to celebrate the success of, uh, you know, the D-line. You want to get back in the lab and look at all the, the things that we did great today. Um, celebrate tonight. You know, I'm good at that, too. We're going to celebrate tonight. We're going to make the plane do backflips on the way home. And, you know, and then tomorrow, you know, kind of digest, uh, you know, kind of what happened tonight, and then move forward. We got a, we got a, a big uh, Monday night game coming up against the Tennessee Titans. I, I can report the plane was not doing any backflips last night, thankfully. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But they were uh, – they were jubilant for probably like the first 10 minutes of the flight last night. And then it was pretty calm after that. Cause people were sacking out. <laughs> it was late. <laughs> yeah. You guys landed at like six 15. Six I saw the, the morning. Twitter. Yeah. I saw the Twitter. The, the sun was coming up as it, you walked that's off. That's the first time I ever come off a plane with the sun coming up. Oh yeah. That's the first time that's ever happened. It's to happened to me before. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that stinks. I'll be feeling that tonight or tomorrow for sure. Uh, Micah Hyde, uh, who was kind of, leading the defensive backfield, helping out those two rookie corners, just reassuring them what they were seeing was what he was seeing, stuff like that. Um, he commented on the play of the defensive line, which, as Jordan Poyer added, made their life on the back end a whole lot easier. Here's Micah. It's eventually going to get tipped or overthrows when the, when the, um, when the front's getting after it. And, you know, they've, they've already been doing it all since the beginning of training camp, so we know what they're about. Um, they preach it every single day, and like Poe said, having got like Vaughn in there, um, giving the boys the confidence, and 
you know, he mentioned some guys, uh, throwing Ed, throwing AJ Epinesa. I think you said Book. Just, just the young guys coming alive, and it's awesome to see. What, what can we say about that, Steve? We really haven't touched on that. The young yeah. defensive ends. Greg Rousseau flashes with a sack and a couple of quarterback hits. Boogie Basham tips a pass to himself, intercepts it, also had a sack. And A.J. Epinesa, one sack and four quarterback hits. One and a half sacks, sacks, four quarterback hits. I mean, those three guys, if they come of age, combined with the veterans on the interior and Von Miller, holy crap. Like, what? there's not going to be an answer for that. It's just coming at you in waves. It's like a tsunami. Yeah, hopefully that's it. I mean, that's uh, because it's interesting, too. I, I I was very keen to watch what the Rams were doing last night, and they there was a couple of occasions where Aaron Donald came off the field because it was a long drive or whatever. They pulled him off the field, and I thought, well, now if he's off the field, now go deep because you're going to have time. Yeah. Now you got a chance to drop back and do something. And I know for sure the Bills are very aware when he's not on the field. Right. And I can't remember what exactly happened, but I, it, and I was like, you got to take advantage of that. Uh, he is that big a difference maker. The guy's unbelievable. But the Rams don't do what the Bills did. They've got the same guys out there a ton. The Bills, they're ro- rolling guys through, and they were, at, at the, at, at the, as the game wore down, and got deeper into the second half, the Bills guys are running out there like it's like it's pregame warmups, and the Jet and the uh, Ram offensive linemen are, you know, they're gassed. It just makes a huge difference late in games, mm-hmm. and certainly last night, as that game wore on, Matt Stafford was like, "Man, just give me give me a minute here." He was getting whacked. Like I they said, they threw it forty times, and more than half the times he dropped back, he was getting forty. Hit. 41 pass attempts, seven sacks, 15 quarterback hits. That's 22 of his 41 pass attempts. He got hit. That's why you saw the last throw when he – so I think it was either – I think it was Epinesa coming off the corner. Right. And he and Stafford sees him, and he knows he's going to get hit, and he's like, screw it, I'm just throwing this. And that right. turned into the Poyer interception because he was tired of getting pummeled. Right. So, quarterbacks have breaking points. These are humongous human beings rushing at them with a force that could probably go put them through a wall. Yeah. And after a while, you're tired of getting hit. And so you just say, screw it. I'm just going to throw it. If we complete it, we do. He had three interceptions. Right. (laughs) You get tired of getting hit. Those are huge human beings. He he started to get a little skittish. And he had a, he was, he, was second in the league in interceptions last year. So he slings it anyway. Um, and that's what led to the two interceptions by the Bills, or three. So, yeah, it started to wear on him. Yeah. No question You could about see it. it. I mean, you just being it. there in the stadium, watching his body language coming off the field after a series when they had to punt. I mean, he wasn't hanging his head, but it was just kind of this slack-shouldered demeanor where it was just like, I am exhausted. One of the, <laughs> that's yeah, one what of the, he one of the like cool things about it was, the field. you know, you always worry because you know that's the way football is. The the Bills' offense goes down, has a great series, and is looking really good. Even if they turned it over, they were like, "Oh man, they weren't stopping us. We were going." Yeah. Or they score. They're scoring a touchdown or a field goal. And in the second half, you're thinking that, and then all you I remember seeing is, man, it wasn't just fourth and a half yard. It was 
It was fourth and five. They ain't going for it. Yeah. They were punting it away all too often for the Rams. And Stafford walking off, unstrapping his chin strap is, is kind of the enduring vision I have of their offense. Yeah. They, they were off the field. That's huge. Yeah, it was, and it, it had a psychological effect on that Rams offense because by the time they got midway through the third quarter, they knew it just wasn't going to happen last night. They, well, just, when, they just knew it. When, we when, can't do anything. When Diggs catches the 53-yarder from Josh Allen, stumbles into the end zone because he has to wait on the throw because, yeah. you know, Josh – That was the backbreaker. It was like, oh, wait a minute, that's 31. Yeah. They, they, there's not enough time left in this game. Yeah. Because they still have to stop the Bills and keep them from getting first downs to get the ball back and keep them off the board. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it got ugly. Let's wrap up around the locker room with Josh Allen, who addressed the offensive performance against the Rams after overcoming those three first-half turnovers. I actually was happy at halftime. Three turnovers and going in 10-10, to 0-0, you know, that, that gave us all the confidence in the world, our defense being able to back us up and – you know, we hurt ourselves a lot in that first half. There's a lot to learn from, um, you know, but that second half, that's, that's who we want to be, you know, going out there and executing the way, you know, we, we expect ourselves to execute. Um, I thought Coach Dorsey, you know, called a heck of a game. It's his first live, you know, action. Um, so I'm proud of him for, for handling the situations how he did. But, again, we were 90% up there down. Like, that's, that's a recipe for success. And, again, four turnovers, that's way too many. Um, so we, we've got a lot to clean up, but like Vaughn said, we'll celebrate this one. It's hard to win in this league, especially against good teams, and that's a really good team we just played. So that's Around the Locker Room, presented by Connect Life. Connect Life, your blood and organ donor network. Let's get back to the phones to get your takeaways from the season opening domination of the Rams by your Buffalo Bills. We go to Jeremy in Chicago next. What do you got for us, Jeremy? Long, uh, long time Bills fan. Uh, Steve, I got the opportunity to meet you this summer when I came in for uh, Jim Kelly's football camp. So uh, that was really nice. I want to compare how it feels the 90s team and how you guys took those steps, 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 and then you were so dominant and the comparison to this team. And I saw Daryl Talley tweeted something, you know, Cornelius Bennett, when he hit the team, it's just like Von Miller and how I want to just kind of hear your opinion on that, Bill Bills. Yeah. Now, certainly, they're play, we were playing this. It's a different. It was a different game within the NFL. I mean, we played a different style, and everybody was different in the '90s than it is now. Much like it's different in the '90s than it was in the '60s. The games evolved 30 years down the road, or 35 years down the road from the '90s. So there's that. But it's still football, and there are a lot of similarities. And you look at the at what happened to the Bills. Uh, in losing an AFC championship game and then struggling in 89s, the bickering Bills, and then coming back and kind of putting it together. Uh, there are some parallels not only with the trials that this, 2000, this, this team, current team, has gone through and is going through plus the pieces that they've brought in. No question, Von Miller and, and Cornelius Bennett was that caliber of player, although he was more unproven than Von. He was a rookie when he hit our, when he hit our team. He was a difference maker. Yeah, you guys saw it in the first game. Right? We saw it in the first practice. Um, that guy, that guy was, and yeah, that guy was different. <laughs> and so's Vaughn. Now Vaughn, you've both of them were second him. pick in the draft. Too, yeah, we've now that I seen Vaughn Miller, you know, for a decade with other teams. He's won a couple of Super Bowls, and we had no idea what to expect from Cornelius Bennett. But there, yeah, that was similar impact. Similar impact. Cornelius Bennett, you throw him on the field opposite Bruce Smith, or on yeah, the same hello. side as Bruce Smith, and it's. <laughs> It's all hands on deck offensively. You got to get the ball out of the guy's hands. So, 
there is a lot of parallels there. Uh, this team is playing and has played for th – and I keep saying three. Since 2020, this team has been elite. And it, for a while it was carried by the offense in 2020, and then, and then last year the defense was number one overall um, and was you know, pitching shutouts in the first month of the season, uh, a lot like this one is this year. But now um, they're a force to be reckoned with. And you know, the, the big challenge now for Sean McDermott and the coaching staff is, is keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, I just mean, keep it on the hard, tracks. It's hard to play this good of football for four straight yeah. months. Keep 20, it on the tracks. you got 19 more games. If this keeps going, it's 19 more games. If you get the one seed in the bye week – it's it's 19 more games that they got to keep this going. It's a long, long time. It'll seem it'll seem like a heartbeat when we get to the end of it, because it'll happen so fast. But you got to keep this level of play for four months. Yeah, four plus months, and it's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do. And you know, today, after a, an opening day crushing of the world champions, that seems to be the challenge. Right. Don't, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as I said earlier in the week, all those playoff losses these, these last few years, they're scars. Yeah. There are lessons in them. They're hardened. And I think yeah. it is a driving force that will keep this team on the tracks for the majority of the season. Let's quickly squeeze in Jim and Olean here before we go to break. What do you got for us, Jim? Well, last night's game, guys, was just like waking up a Christmas day as a young child and finding all your wish list gifts under the tree. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the defense was what it's been vaunted to be. Von Miller is just scary. He's another creature. I mean, him and Josh Allen are both creatures and I don't know. It just, the only thing that will stop the bills is if, you know, Josh Allen never gets injured. Um, he's, he, he is the next quarterback of the, he's a, generational quarterback yeah. um he's fun to watch the two plays that really made me smile last night was his touchdown pass to Diggs, and then that stiff arm that he gave that guy i mean he's just unreal he's scary he is downright scary that's why at the top of the show i called him an ass-kicking ninja you can't call him a unicorn you can't call him a freak of nature i don't even think a creature does him justice the guy is like a ninja at quarterback, and he's kicking rear end and taking names. Yeah. I mean, he is just – there's there's nobody like him. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. people can talk about Cam Newton. Cam Newton never threw with the accuracy of, of Josh Allen. You can talk about Lamar Jackson being a better runner than him. Okay. And I'll, I'll sign up for that. But better complete package quarterback in a giant body? There's nobody else. There's yeah. nobody else. It's interesting too, and and there's a, we we can go down this rabbit hole all we want, but um, when you look back at what Josh is and what he's become, um, you and I had these conversations there, and and certainly he was polarizing. There are people who say he's never going to be that guy, but when he started for the Bills, his second the second game of his rookie season, and struggled and was a there was never that conversation about man we got to get that guy off the field. That it's time to switch out quarterback. He was there, and all, we knew he was going to struggle, and he played bad. He did good things, bad things, made mistakes. There was never that conversation about, well, how long is going to be, you know, how long are they going to give this guy to fail? There was never that conversation. Mm. Certainly, we knew he's got to play better and all that, but he kept getting better and better. There was never this thing like, well, he's 
he still he still stinks. There was never that conversation. And that's with these young quarterbacks, the difference, I think, between Josh and, you know, the Zach Wilsons of the world and all these other guys. There's never been that conversation with Josh about going, well, we need to keep looking. Yeah. Never for a moment did we get to that point in the conversation. Now, there was a point where it took him a while to get to 2020 when he was like, oh, my gosh, look at this guy. Uh, there were moments where it was like, you know, he didn't look great. But there was never that conversation about let's time let's start thinking about whether he's the guy or not. There was never that conversation, and that's the difference I think in Josh and the young guys that people are so keen to compare to him. Yeah. Break time for us here. When we come back, we'll be bringing you the Triple Red Sevens hottest plays of the game. Can you guess what they were? Find out next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Time now for the Triple Red Sevens hottest plays of the game presented by New York Lottery. And we begin with the third and one at the Rams 26-yard line and a play-action fake. Absolutely brilliant play call by Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen over uh, unbalanced line to the r left. Comes back to the right. Diggs standing by himself. Or Davis uh, standing by himself. Davis standing all by himself. Josh Allen just loops it up there. Couldn't have been an easier throw and catch. Touchdown to start the game. Gabe Davis trotting in untouched. Then you come back to the, the second of the, of the series. Von Miller coming off the edge. Yeah, so, I mean, this was probably his best sack of the night. He had two and a couple other quarterback hits, but he just ducks the shoulder. Here. He ducks the shoulder off the tight end at the line of scrimmage, then ducks – He the tight end gets two hands on him. Then he does the exact same thing to the left tackle, Hogaboom, and then comes right off on Stafford. The one thing about it is – think about Miller and the, and the great sack artist. Bruce was like this. Reggie White was like this. Um, you know, J.J. Watt was like this. T.J. Watt – when they get back there – they don't whiff on the tackle. Yeah. They get the guy on the ground, and that's what Vaughn did twice last night. Third hottest play, the Diggs touchdown for 53 yards, the one drawn up in the dirt by Josh Allen. And this is Josh Allen showing not only his physical abilities running out here and hitting this, also his mental capacity to know this is what he was going to get, and he's going to have a shot at it. And I don't think Aaron Donald was on the field for that play. Yeah. Time to throw, roll out, 53 yards, touchdown. Those are the Triple Red 7's hottest plays of the game presented by the New York Lottery. Okay, we got a, a little bit of time to get a phone call in here because we know we got a lot of people on hold. So let's go to Teddy in Buffalo real quick. What do you got for us, Teddy? Uh, thank you all, fellas, for taking my call. I want to say Buffalo strong, Buffalo love, rest in peace to the fallen. Amen. Yesterday was a, a joyful Bills Mafia, but it was like a relief for Western New York because, you know, we know how tough it is taking losses around here. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the semi-pro football team, Syracuse Strong, for winning the semi-pro football national championship in Vegas. Them boys are some dogs. But for the game, we just showed pure dominance. And... I really think we just knocking the rust off, you know, and we saw the game and the stats don't lie. So I believe we just getting, getting started. Blessings to y'all guys. Blessing the mafia. Blessings to the city. One love. 
Go Bills. Yep, thanks for the call, Teddy. Teddy. And he's right about the numbers, Steve. I mean, the the Rams had 106 yards in the first half. They had 137 in the second half. And that was a lot of garbage yardage the last six minutes of the game where even Sean McDermott said that once it went 31-10, he told his team, clock, not yards. Mm -hmm. Run clock give up yardage, keep them in yeah. bounds, that kind of thing. So they were giving them yardage, and they still only had 137 in the entire second half. Did you see the average yards per play? 3.7. 7.1 for the Bills, 3.7 for the Rams. I mean, that is the most accurate description of how this game went. Absolutely. And, he, and Teddy's right. I mean, they did dominate, and – the thing about it is now, you know, they, they are just knocking the rust off. They probably didn't feel like they were a hundred percent. That's scary. Um, <laughs> and I think too, they've got another, they've got another gear or two left in them. Mm. But the simple fact of the matter is it's a long, long season. They got a long way to go. They've got to continue to play at this level. But I think rather than worry about whether they can keep this up, I think from the from the locker room side of it coming out, you got to think like this. Let's just be us. And I think that it's a hard thing to know, but this team is there. We don't have to do anything special to win. We just have to be us because we are special. Just be us. We don't have to go out. We don't have to try to make these outlandish plays. Right. Just be us. And, and don't beat ourselves. That's which right. Which they started to do in the first half there with the three first-half turnovers. The only thing that stopped the Bills in the first half were the Bills. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's – yeah. that. And as of the last four or five games they've played, that's been the story. Yeah. And I, I've said this too. Think about Ken Dorsey coming in and taking over this offense. We saw what it was at the end of last season. If he comes in – and hits a home run and is unbelievable, it's going to look like that, yeah. it, like it already has. So I don't know how much credit he's going to get for taking this thing to another level, although the play calling last night, we all it was masterful, but the execution was there. It was out, and if outstanding. You can execution. draw a play up, you know, a sixth grader could draw a play up in the dirt, and if you execute it exactly right, it's going to work. Um, but man, oh man, they're hitting on all cylinders at times last night. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the – where you got to feel like your starting point is. Now the standard has been set, and the challenge is to live up to it each and every week, yeah. and not only each and every week, but Level each up. and every every day. Every day you got to come in. And they're, you know, they, they get today off. They get today off. You have to come into work, Brownie. Sure. But they're going to come back, and they gotta, they got to maintain the standard. That's, to me, that's the only thing you got to think about today. I mean, because they came out, aside from Ed Oliver, Nick's and, you know, shaving Nick's, and Ed Oliver's twisted ankle, but man, they just they just got to keep on keeping on, yeah. and that's a long season to do that at that level. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, just keep the thing on the tracks. Yeah, and it'll be rolling don't, downhill. Yeah, don't fall off. It'll be rolling downhill pretty fast. <laughs> right? We have to take a break here because when we come back, our colleague Maddie Glab will be joining us. You know what she does after every victory? It's it'll be time for the Maddie Awards when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collada Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.
on Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number two on a Buffalo football Friday. After the Bills' resounding 31-10 victory over the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, and here in hour number two, as we do after every Bills victory, it is time for the Maddie Awards, presented by Energy Mark, the official energy supplier to the Buffalo Bills. This is some of my favorite intro music. It's very, it's very um, dramatic. Regal. Thank you, Steve. Very regal. Regal is perfect. The Bills get all the awards. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. I've so. got two Emmy Awards for the Buffalo Bills. You oh, know. okay. They won a couple awards last night. Double With fisting. the play on the field, double fisting, got to after an epic 31-10 to victory over the defending Super Bowl champions. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> it it's was a, a big deal. Listen, today is a much think, – well, think about the – it's just such a nice day today. I think the best part is we can all just kind of chill happy. out and enjoy like <laughs> this all weekend, the football this, games on Sunday. Yes. Like is, there, uh, there's no angst. Let me just say, you know what I mean. This weekend is lining up like a bender for the old guy. <laughs> what you got going <laughs> on the there, this Is, gonna, this is there a bottle a, under the desk? What's going on? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little punchy over here, but right? that's not from uh, any <laughs> of the uh, adult. And I, it's not. Ju- I know. Listen, I know it's not just me. So don't get out there and think. <laughs> like, I know there are people out there watching that know. Same way, like Maddie. It's true. Saying, yep, mm-hmm. it's yeah. true. This, All right. oh my God, can think. Cause Apparently, Steve's gotten an early start. Well, no, but that's <laughs> so what happens when none of us get no sleep, especially you, Brownie. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's begin. Let's get to. I mean, we're here for the Maddie Awards. Let's get to we're them. Here. For goodness' sakes, let's do it. And uh, I'm not surprised that this one's batting leadoff. Your bad man award. Bad man award that goes to Joshua Allen himself. I mean, the 83.9% completion percentage. That's a single game club record for the Bills, a career high for him. 10 out goes 10 out of 10 to yeah, start the not game. A bad start. Not, not a bad start at all. <laughs> uh, led the team in rushing yards. We saw that angry, angry stiff arm. And then we saw him have a rushing touchdown where he basically takes off from the free throw line and jumps over. Bobby Wagner, of all defensive players in the NFL, uh, he was unstoppable. I love how he took what the defense gave him. Uh, started off with some shorter completions, which then opened up the field for him to have some of those bigger completions to guys like Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. He was able to put those interceptions in the rearview mirror and just keep on keeping on. I don't know if a younger Josh Allen could have done that, but a fifth-year Josh Allen can definitely do that. Uh, not many offenses can turn the ball over four times, score 31 points, convert 90% of their third downs, and total over 400 yards of and offense. And win by three touchdowns. And win yeah. by three touchdowns. <laughs> what? Against the defending world champions. Yeah. It is crazy. It, what, they, hang, they hung the bun- banner last night. They hang their world championship banner last night in that building, and they get lumped up by the crew showing <laughs> up in Buffalo in, with the numbers that you just said. It was Josh I, Allen's it, got listen, that dog we, in we him. We knew it was two good football teams. Even sitting back, objectively speaking, not just the fact that you know all of us kind of have a little skin in this game because of what we do, and you know that game was really surprising. Yeah, the Bills were in a different class. Really surprised. The Bills were in a different class in that game last night. I'm sure the Rams will rebound. Yeah. I'm sure they will be a winning yes. football and team. And it is one. And is, they'll probably even make the playoffs. But 
I mean, week one, you, you're, you're just guessing, you're hoping, you're wishing, you're right. willing, you're wanting. There was so much expectation for, for the Buffalo Bills and the Rams to start off this week one game on, on a huge, t- huge stage, two great teams. And the Buffalo Bills exceeded expectations. Yeah, they lived up to all wow. the hype for sure. Okay, so knockout performance. You probably have a lot of candidates here. So I'm not surprised this is a group award. This is a group effort by the Bills defensive line. I mean, seven sacks by the defensive line themselves is the most the most in a season opener for the Buffalo Bills. I love that A.J. Epinesa got involved. Boogie Basham got involved. Greg Rousseau got involved. That's really big for their development. This mm-hmm. is the year we need to see stuff out of these younger defensive linemen that they spent some draft picks on. And we saw that tonight. And it was in part thanks to Von Miller and what he was able to add to the defensive line as a whole. But to be able to get the pressure with just four is so important to what the Bills have been building toward and working on really the last couple of years and it really allowed the back end of their defense to play free and have some fun. This is how you help out the rookie corners and Christian Benford and Kyir Elam by having your defensive line do this. I know Cup had over 100 receiving yards but all the other receivers were held to under 40 receiving yards allowing 52 rushing yards to a team that that claims themselves as, as a balanced offense that's also on the defensive line. Yeah Jordan yeah. Phillips was a man possessed last night. <laughs> He was so dominant. Leslie Frazier and Eric Washington, they put him at defensive end on like three or four (laughs) snaps. 340-pound man at defensive end, Steve. He is his energy. He is a freak of nature. The thing about him, his energy is really, really big for this team down inside. His energy, his voice, his attitude, his, you know, just all of that. And um, it came through big time as a huge help to this off to this defense uh, in, in their pass rush, uh, it's good to have Jordan Phillips back on the roster. I was really happy too for AJ Epinesa. That's a guy that in his first two seasons has been doubted by yes. more than his fair share of fans. Hey, is this guy going to do it? He's too heavy. He's too light. He can't rush the passer. He's just a power speed to power guy. All he did was knock two out of a game last year. It's the only thing he's ever done as a Bill. One and a half sacks, four quarterback hits yeah. last night. He led had the a team game. in quarterback hits. He had a game. I was happy for him because yeah, he put a lot of work in. Okay, next up, we've got oh, the game changer. Game changer. We talked about him already just a little bit, but Von Miller is our game changer of the night uh, for me. I mean, we felt the effect of Von Miller last night. Two sacks for him. It did not take long for him to get involved and, and sack his old teammate in Matthew Stafford. He's the game changer because of how he elevated the play of the defensive line and the defense as a whole. The Bills didn't need him as a closer last night. They will in the future in games that are close in the third and the fourth quarter, but he really set the tone and the pace for how the defense needed to play from the jump. He played in 52% of the snaps last night. It'll be interesting to see um, where that number fluctuates or if it stays like that going forward. But this is what the Bills needed out of him. This is what they needed out of him on the defensive line. And, and he definitely showed up and did not disappoint. You know, we talk about you know him being a finisher when the game needs to be closed out and the game needs to be, you know, you need that play defensively to get that team off the field and end the game. But I think more importantly than that last night, was the spark at the beginning of the yeah. game. He, he got set the, the tone. First, he set the tone, got the first sack. And it was uh, I think that was what really settled this team in and said, wow, we do have that guy. He is that good. Let's go. And I think the rest of the guys on the D line and the defense and even on the offensive side, you're sitting out there looking, it's like 
it's a, we are that. That is well, us. Let's is, go. This is the thing now. Yeah. The defense has a Josh Allen type play. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's that, true. That's yeah. what it is now. That's a good point. Yeah. You have Josh Allen on offense, and you have a Josh Allen caliber player on defense now. That's, yeah, that's the a, difference. And that's true. And that's, but that spark. I thought, and for as much as we need Von Miller and late in games to close it, and that's been what we've been talking about in the offseason, that's what you know the old the five presidents text loop has been saying. <laughs> uh, I think more so than anything, you know, with all the unknowns and all the uncertainty, and can we handle these expectations? Can we really show up and play well? Von Miller starting off like that just, you know, broke the dam, right? And all that, and all of it came out. Maddie, I'm sorry we don't have a larger budget to, like, shoot fireballs across the screen <laughs> here, but here is your Fire Connection Award. Fire Connection Award, that's got to be Stefan Diggs. Last night he had a night, goes over 100 receiving yards. Uh, we were all kind of wondering what is this going to look like with him going up against Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey was no problem at all for Stefan Diggs. I loved that 53-yard touchdown catch. Jalen Ramsey just got lost in the sauce and really had no chance against Stefan Diggs. Uh, the connection, the chemistry between him and Josh Allen has just kept growing and growing after every year uh, <laughs> so much fun to watch him on the field last night even trash talking Jalen Ramsey I loved every second of it <laughs> yeah and you know let's not forget I know Josh doesn't that Jalen Ramsey called Josh Allen a trash quarterback and Josh Allen is now 3-0 and against Jalen Ramsey teams head-to-head -head, mm -hmm. 11 total touchdowns 70% completion rate <laughs> no big deal I mean come on Eight passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Put that in your pipe and yeah. smoke it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. enough with it already. Yeah. He's just got to shut up is what he's got to do. Yeah, and there's one more. We do, I don't want to skip this one, the a Mastermind Award. Yeah, Mastermind. That's going to our defensive coordinator in Leslie Frazier. There's not too many coaches or defensive coordinators in the NFL that can feel confident about going into a game with a game plan saying, we're not going to blitz at all, and I feel very confident in our ability to get the job done. They did exactly that. This was uh, Coach Frazier's third game where he didn't blitz at all. He's done it twice against the Kansas City Chiefs. They did have some success doing that, but had a lot of success not not blitzing last night. I think a big factor, of course, is Von Miller getting that that pressure from the front four, uh, trusting his rookies opposite of Dane Jackson, being confident in, in Christian Benford going out there and doing the job, and then rotating Kair Elam as well. I mean, they held their own out there. The moment wasn't too big for them. Leslie Frazier has a lot to play with this season with, with his defensive oh, yeah. players that he can plug, play, match. Rotate. Uh, rotate. <laughs> the way the defensive line is rotating – I think this was on Good Morning Football, maybe. Somebody said, you wonder if defenses are going to start to pick up on this and maybe try it themselves. There are some that do it already, but you're talking about a handful, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and I think it it's because traditionally, when you have a premier pass rusher that you're paying giant money, it's kind of similar to quarterback. It's hard to get quality veteran players right. to spread right. across your line. But if you draft well and you have cheap labor – Epinesa, Rousseau, Basham, who are coming into their own and now, Oliver, and you can yeah. couple that with some affordable veterans, Jordan Phillips, Daquan you know, Daquan Jones. Jones, Tim Settle, and, you know, the chickens come home to roost, and now you got a group. And <laughs> yeah. it's just a way of crafting it. It's been a few years in the in the making for yeah. this. Yeah, there may be some teams out there who try to emulate what the Bills have done. It's not but, easy. But they'll. it will come down to those teams who feel they've got the roster to do it. 
and the people to do it. Um, some some teams just can't hold up the way the Bills did or have different gifts and different great players scattered around their front than, than the Bills do, so they have to play it differently. But, yeah, it's certainly in the back of their mind that the that not blitzing Matt Stafford gives them problems. An interesting stat that I tweeted out the other last night in the wee hours of the morning, um, Matthew Stafford – had the highest passer rating in the league last right. year when he was blitzed, mm-hmm. 139.6. Right. When he wasn't blitzed, when he faced four rushers or fewer last season, he 16 threw. of his 17 yeah. interceptions right. came on pass rushes of four or less. Right. I mean, if that's not an indication, I mean, that's why Leslie Frazier did what he did, and that's why he's a mastermind. Uh, best stat award, Maddie. If you're an offensive coordinator, this is the type of stat that you want to see converting nine of your 10 third down opportunities. 90% on third down is huge. Just to set the picture for for how big of a number this is, the Bills averaged 46% last season in terms of converting third downs. That ranked number three in the NFL, top three. So converting 90% of your third downs when 46% was top three last season, that is so huge. I mean, converting third downs lets you stay on the field longer, gives you more opportunities to score. It's such an important element of the game. Of course, you just want to stack on how first down, second down, then <laughs> then keep going, keep going, not, not get to too many third downs. Um, but to be able to convert 90 90- percent of those opportunities I think says a lot about this offense the weapons that they have Ken Dorsey and what they can do and I mentioned this to Steve earlier three of their longest plays from scrimmage last night were on third down the 53 yard touchdown the 47 yard throw to Davis mm-hmm. and the 26 yard touchdown to Davis was the three longest plays in the game on offense for the Bills all of them <sighs> came on third down they also scored three of their touchdowns on third down Josh Allen with the four yard scramble was the other and third Josh down Allen that went ranked for a TD. really high in the NFL last year on scoring in um, third and fourth down yes I think he was leading the league or something okay final award the X or Y <laughs> chromosome award Oh, I love this name. I did not come up with it. Brownie <laughs> came up with it right before we went on. Shout out to Isaiah McKenzie for the coolest gender reveal I have ever seen. Scores a touchdown, looks at the camera and goes, it's a boy. He was revealing the gender of his sister, um, somebody who he's really close with, somebody who he's raised alongside. Isn't necessarily a sister, but is one of his best friends, so he he treats her like a sister. Uh, so congrats to her. It was so cool. Of course it was Isaiah McKenzie Uh, to do that. Now, here's the crazy thing. There were two fans that ran on the field last night. Yeah. And they were running with these, like, pink smoke smoke bomb bomb things. that, And people in the press box were like, is this a gender reveal? (laughs) So I found it even more hilarious that I I didn't see this. So I had no idea that Isaiah had done that because I'm not really always staring at the TV in the press box. I'm looking at the field. I'm jotting something down. So I didn't know about that until Steve pointed it out to me this morning. That is unbelievable. I mean, you got to get on camera to do that. Yeah. So talk about making the most of the moment. Somebody tweeted at Isaiah and said, I wonder what it would have been if if you didn't score a touchdown. He goes, I guess you'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's probably good that he scored a touchdown. That's the best, right? I mean, that's awesome. That's, now we're thinking, they, you know, don't that's you, fantastic. They'll have, have that forever, name, though. Doesn't yeah. that kid have to be named national Isaiah? television? Doesn't that kid have to be named Isaiah now? Isaiah yeah, we'll have Jr. to talk to him about that. <laughs> or a little dirty, or a little or dirty. <laughs> Maybe that'll be his middle name. Well, if he's a, if he's a kid like every other, he will be a little dirty anyway. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah.
yeah. All right. Great. Nice job with the Maddie Awards go, leading Matt. off here in 2022, Maddie. Of we course. look forward to uh, more weeks. We yeah. trust we'll see you every week from here on out. Be um, better. <laughs> day I after mean, games. If, if this is what we've been I mean, shown. I don't want to ratchet up the pressure here, but uh, you know we've we've set the bar pretty Let's high. Keep here the in streak week one. alive. Goodness gracious. Uh, um, but yeah, that's great. Thanks for uh, helping us out as always. We appreciate it. Uh, are we gonna take a? I think we're gonna take a break here. Yeah, we'll take a break take here. Break. And then, uh, we will take a break here. Yeah. We got to get to more of your phone calls, and we also have the vision to victory coming up. Uh, a new component of our day after review of games. We'll let you know exactly what that is when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. <laughs> All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. It is time for our Vision to Victory, presented by Atwal Eye Care, the official eye care provider of the Buffalo Bills. And we saw it right from the beginning of the game, Steve. Josh Allen comes out 10 for 10 passing, but he really was patient with his decision-making in terms of taking what the defense was giving him, which was nothing cheap, nothing deep. Right, and he dropped back. And I remember, you can think about, everybody remembers this first 10 completions. He was like dropping back one step and bing, out. One step, bing, out. The, even the pass, the one that got intercepted to uh, uh, to Isaiah McKenzie was a very quick route. The first completion of the game to Diggs was a quick release throw. The ball had to come out of his hands quick all day because of Aaron Donald and that defensive line. He wanted to make sure they got the ball out, and, and Ken Dorsey was giving him options. Those guys knew what they were doing, and they were open. Used some misdirection as well, as we saw on that play fake there. Uh, you know, got the line moving one way, came back backside the other way for some plays, and it proved very effective. They, were, they weren't killing them with big plays early, but they were remarkably efficient, and that made the difference early and allowed them to keep moving the sticks. No unforced errors to any great degree, with the exception of the turnovers, um, and it kept them in manageable down and distance. And they're going to have to do some of that because when Josh has the arm that he has – they're not yeah. – nobody's – they're going to be playing too high safety a lot. Yeah, they're going to keep the lid on it, no question, like the Bills do. And you're going to have to wait until later in the game when they're a little bit more desperate to make something happen, like yeah. they were down ten, down seven points uh, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, they're trying to make something happen by sending an extra guy. Josh sees it and just hits the open man. you got to – you know, it's – you know, pick your poison. And the Bills executed it perfectly. Uh, this play that Josh Allen came up with and just told Diggs, just run. Just get behind him and, and get, get past him and put some pressure on him. Um, if he doesn't throw that ball to Diggs, the, op, the other option was going to be there. They had him. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that's just good football, it's a, and it leads to the big play. Uh, when you put that kind of pressure on a defense, it forces them to try things they didn't want to do when the game started and it puts them in a tough position. If you can take advantage of it like the Bills are equipped to do with Diggs, Davis, and Allen, yeah, and it turns into a three-touchdown win. So that is the Vision to Victory presented by Atwal Eye Care, the official eye care provider of the Buffalo Bills. We are awaiting the Sean McDermott day-after-game press conference. It was It's scheduled to begin in just a few moments, so we'll keep tabs on that, and when it does go live, we will bring it to you here on One Bills Live. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, we'll take a quick phone call as we have some people waiting there. Your takeaways from the game last night. We go to Rick in Tonawanda next. What do you got for us, Rick? 
Yeah, I was just wondering. I got a feeling this is what we're going to see all year. Right here. I think this is the, the Bills were on a mission. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Anyway, is there a, was there an injury report out yet? Did anybody get hurt last night? Yeah, Ed Oliver left with an ankle injury, did not return. So we that's really all we know at this point in time. That's why we're going to be going to head coach Sean McDermott to see if there's an update on his status. And Coach McDermott is ready now. So let's go live to Coach McDermott talking with the media. But uh, did you get any sleep last night? Uh, yeah, a little bit on the plane. And then we, uh, we came in here and got to work on the film. How um how refreshed were you just to see your eleven just peel their ears back and, and control the line of scrimmage uh, last night? The D line. Yes, sir. Yeah, they did a great job. I thought both lines, uh, the offensive line and the de- and, and the defensive line, both uh, really did a great job controlling the line of scrimmage uh, most of the game. Um, overall, what stood out to you the most in yesterday's victory? Well, I, you know, I think uh, it was our first game together as a, as a team and, and our first game together as a staff, uh, albeit we've had preseason games, um, it's not the same. And I, I was very impressed by the way the uh, team hung together through you know, the better part of three and four quarters, quarters and played their best football and coached their best football um, when it mattered most, which was in that last quarter there. Dark coach, appreciate your time. Sure. Hey, coach Andy Young here, Spectrum News. Uh, any updates on on Ed Oliver and and what he's dealing with? Yeah, um, I can tell you he's he's sore today. I don't know anything more at this point, so we'll just continue to take it one day at a time here and and go from there. There we go. Good afternoon, Coach George Redney, uh, Challenger Community News. How are you doing this afternoon? Good, George. Good to see you. All right. Congratulations on the last night. And I was wondering, was Ed Oliver hurt on the play on the fourth and one when the linemen pushed everybody and they all ended up landing on top of uh, Ed Oliver happened to be on the bottom of that pile? Was, was that when the injury occurred? There was a – it was either that play or a similar play there that you're describing the um, – you know, an event where he was being pushed. Uh, I don't know if it's on that play that you're describing or a similar play. Okay. Uh, and also my other question, uh, in the second half, is it, are you taking consideration of not running Josh Allen with the ball as much, especially once you get up by two scores, uh, where possibly giving James Cook and some of the other running backs more touches, to, especially a rookie like Cook, maybe to make up for for the unfortunate fumble earlier in the game to get him more acclimated to the speed of the uh, NFL game? Well, yes, to the to, to not running Josh. You know, we had a pass, uh, a waggle pass called there and in the fourth quarter in particular, and, um, you know, the receiver got covered, so Josh pulled it down and ran with it. It's the only other option. So um, that's something we can do better as coaches, and, and we will moving forward. And as far as running back touches and everything, you know, yeah, you want to be able to get young guys in the game later in the game and, you don't always have that luxury in the NFL as, as games are very close, but uh, we'll continue to monitor that moving forward and, um, you know, give, give opportunities that are earned at the same time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, coach. Have a great sure. day. You too. Good afternoon, uh, Sean. Uh, we, we got a chance to talk to Jordan Phillips after the game yesterday and 
just all smiles about just being back in this system that a lot that he said allows him to be the best version of himself as a player. Um, what have you seen that allows him to pick up where he left off? And I mean, he was as effective as anybody last night, it seemed. Yeah. Um, you know, he just thrives in our environment. I think, you know, it's, it's, and it's a credit to him, credit to, to uh, our staff, our culture, uh, his teammates. I think all of that kind of factors into um, why he plays the way he does with us. And uh, it was fun to watch last night. He brings a lot of energy to our team. He brings a, an edge to our football team as well, which is, which is good. Um, I know you talked a little bit about last night, um, but is there any insight you can give us into, you know, just what you saw from Christian Benford, not only like, you know, the week of practice leading into the game, but, you know, going back to OTAs and in training camp that gave you guys the confidence to, to give him the opportunity that you did give him last night. Well, he's, he's very steady. Um, if you track his history all the way back to the spring and then even more so training camp till, till now, um, up to now, he's, he's been steady. He's been consistent, uh, which is, which is a, which is a very good thing for all players, but in particular a rookie. Um, and, uh, he just seems very poised, you know, between the ears as well in terms of nothing really rattles him. And, and, uh, he's, he's big, he's strong and he's had, he had a good camp. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Hey, Sean, to kind of follow up on that, what did you see out of um, each of those rookie corners last night? And I know you guys have talked about mixing them up throughout the game, but did that kind of, was that the plan of, I think it was like two drives each and then switching for a bit. Did, did that meet what you guys were expecting? It did. Uh, I thought Coach Butler did a good job with that. And uh, both players played well, played good solid football in their first outing. And I think it uh, should give both of them confidence, but also at the same time, um, you know, we move forward with, with that competition and, uh, they're both trying to make each other better all the while, and then, uh, make our team better as well. When you mentioned moving forward with that competition for, you know, until you guys get Trey back, is it going to be kind of week to week on a starter or do you guys want to have that solidified? No, I just think we'll see how it goes. You know, week to week probably is the best way to approach it right now, Catherine, or to describe it right now is. Um, you know, we're going to continue to evaluate it and um, see how everyone's, how everyone's playing and um, what maybe matchups there are in front of us uh, each week. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Sean, uh, you know, during the off season and in the spring and summer, you talked about how that trio of young pass rushers of Greg and Boogie and AJ, how important it was for them to take that next step in their development. I know it's just one game, but they all had, you know, one or multiple kind of splash plays there. Um, just how nice is that to see that, that that's already um, kind of forming in week one? Yeah. Um, good to see. I mean, obviously Vaughn had a big night and Jordan did as well, but good to see the other, the other players that were that are on the younger end of our of our roster that way Heather as you mentioned Greg Boogie AJ um, all get involved I thought all um, uh, showed signs of improvement from a year ago in their last regular season game or, or, or real real game so when multiple people can get involved and share in the the contribution the energy the uh, the edge to our defense it really bodes well for that rotation and I know you talked about it a little bit last night, but just, um, you know, when you have 
a young player like James Cook who fumbles on his first NFL carry? Is that something where do you kind of have to try to have maybe some conversations with him on the side, just sort of make sure that um, it doesn't kind of fester and, you know, the mental side of that? Yeah, um, for sure. It's the, you know, we try and try and allow the player to reset and then get back out there. And I thought coach Skipper did a good job with allowing that time to take place. And then, um, and then James was back out there for a couple, maybe three to five plays, I think through the rest of the game. So um, I think that's better than, than, than a player having to not go back out there and then sleep on it and not having a chance to, to, you know, kind of, uh, make up for the mistake, if you will. And, but I think that's something he'll learn from and he needs to learn from and we can do a better job with overall as a team as well. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Coach A.J. Fellman here in Rochester. Um, obviously a big game from Stefan Diggs against Jalen Ramsey. Over the years, how have you kind of seen him rise to the occasions in those big matchups when he's taking on, you know, another top player uh, at his position? Well, Steph is very competitive. Um, it's a big reason why he's gotten to where he has in, at this level and, and in this level. So um, he looks forward to those matchups and those are two really good football players that were competing against one another. And, um, you know, I thought Steph did a phenomenal job last night and, and at the same time kept his cool enough to, to, uh, to, you know, focus on the task at hand and, and do his job for the team. So uh, that was a big play down the stretch for us for sure in that fourth quarter. And then, you know, you start with a Thursday night game, you get a Monday night game, kind of a nice little break without having to do the short week before it as you usually would on a Thursday game. How much of an advantage is that? And how do you best use this time to set yourself up for that Monday game and maybe the, the next coming weeks? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's not as consistent as we'd like it to be. Um, we do get a little bit of a break right now, which is great. Uh, we'll be a on a short week the week after, but really um, I'm glad I, spent a few hours with the Sabres and had a chance to see some of their um, schedules that they deal with in the, in the NHL, because that's what we're dealing with a little bit right now, but, but we adjust and, and we overcome and we've got great planners in our building that help us help us with it. All right. Thank you, coach. Yeah. Coach, uh, a few more, if I may, um, coach Doris, you, know, first... you only get one. They said, <laughs> Everyone's on nope. the one question. I got no nope. sleep, man. Everyone's on. I'll fall asleep if this goes any longer. Oh no, this is good. You know, this yeah. ain't gonna keep you. This 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 gets catch you in suspense right now. But uh, Coach Dorsey's first drive. How um how important was it to be uh, to start off just um uh fast and aggressive and and how did you think your team did as far as the conditions of uh, playing at the stadium? Yeah, I thought you know overall the stadium. Uh, it was, it was my and our first time there and uh, exciting venue there and uh, obviously new and uh, state-of-the-art. Uh, in terms of the first drive, I thought it was very, um, I thought it was very efficient. Uh, we were, you know, efficient in the run game a little bit, efficient in the pass game. Um, Josh, you know, got on track early there and um, I thought it was well, well planned by and called by uh, Coach Dorsey. No doubt. And uh, last but not least, coach the fans, embracing the fans there. What was it like to embrace Bill's Mafia at SoFi? Yeah, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, to see our players, you know, do this, trying to get the crowd into the into the situation, whether it be on defense or when the offense made a big play, 
or special teams for that matter. Um, it was, that's, that's just so cool to, to be a part of uh, when you're on the road uh, and somebody else's place in particular, um, the defending world champs there. So uh, really appreciate Bill's mafia showing up there like they did. And our coach enjoyed the break, uh, you know, back to work. You already know. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, hey, Sean, Andy Young here again. Uh, given all the talk throughout the offseason and the preseason about uh, putting players in position of adversity and then to see three turnovers in the first half. And even though the offense is kind of moving the ball and the defense played well to have your team have those setbacks and then at the same time turn around and really turn it on in the second half. How satisfying was that? Yeah, I mean, we went in at halftime and uh, Andy and we were, you know, to a coach all talking about, hey, we were shooting ourselves uh, in our in our foot there and um, didn't feel like they had really stopped us to that point. So I, I thought just that perspective, if you will, at halftime was was good for the players to hear. And uh, because the game was was what it was at half 10, 10. Right. So um, and then to come out first kickoff, pin them inside the. 15 yard line there, defense goes three and out, special teams comes back, fields a punt, gets us in good field position, offense scores. So good complimentary football um, to come out to start the second half. And that, I think that's really what got our energy level back up and, and uh, we finished strong. All right, that's head coach Sean McDermott addressing the media the day after the game. A little short on sleep, but got some on the plane and then came straight into the office at 6.30. <laughs> Despite the fact that he has a few extra days, knowing the team doesn't have to play again until a week from Monday. Yeah. That you, I keep, you've always said it. Coaching a, is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And it's one of those jobs where um, you, you could spend all day every day getting ready for a game uh, to coach a game for your team. And you'll, you know, right up until the time the game comes, you could always think, of think more things to do to get ready, so it's it's a never-ending job, and, and you know the good coaches are the ones that can think of the most the smartest things to do to help their team win and get them done within the time allotted. And that's what coaches do. They get up, they watch, they sleep when they can, they watch film, they relate what they've learned from that film to their other coaching staffs, and they formulate a plan around it. They try and find ways to get their team uh, in a position to take advantage of what they've learned. And it's just it's just one thing after another that these guys do. And you know, I mean, we're not say, surprised. People ask but... me if I ever considered coaching. I'm like, no. <laughs> First of all, I have to deal with well, jamokes yeah. like me. So you know what I'm part of that. <laughs> Secondly, it, it's it's it it's who you become. You you become a coach, and you're you're never not coaching, never for a moment. Yeah. So, and I mean, none of us are surprised that coaches in here doing that. And there is this inherent competitive nature in just about every head coach in this league to never want to feel like anybody's getting a leg up on you. And that's right. why they devote the time that they do virtually every waking hour when they're not flat on their back sleeping. And right. sometimes they're even tossing and turning when they're trying to sleep, thinking about the next thing. We have to take a break here. Time for maybe one more phone call when we come back as we get your main takeaways from the Bills' resounding 31 to 10 blitzing of the Rams here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Right, welcome back to One Bills.
Bills Live. Steve and I have a limited amount of time here, so sorry we can't get to any more phone calls. The one thing we didn't mention, Steve, all this talk about Ken Dorsey being the new offensive coordinator for the Bills, the Rams had one as well. Not that he calls plays in K.J. Black, who replaced the guy that left and became the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. McVay still calls the plays, so you don't really say there was a change there. But the support system is different, so you wonder if that has some adjusting to iron out here. Yeah, knowing, yeah. knowing full well, Steve, they don't play in the preseason. The starters yeah, game just don't. One. It's game one for the Rams. They're They'll be get fine. it fixed. They're going to be fine. They're not. They're not going to be a bad football team all of a sudden. Um, certainly, they probably do have some rust to knock off. They probably do have some adjustments they've got to make to being the hunted rather than the hunters. They've got some adjustments to be made in their coaching staff and their game day, uh, and just just playing. Got to get back on track yeah. where they were a year ago. So. Um, the Rams are not dead in the water at all, as the Bills wouldn't be either after this first week of the season. Um, certainly it feels better to be a Bill today than it does a Ram, but that has nothing to do with the ultimate outcome of the yeah, season. There's 16 so more of these. So plenty, yeah. of t- plenty, of ground, plenty of time to make up some ground. It is the first time, though, that a Sean McVay coach Rams team is under 500 in his tenure. He has never been under 500 as head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. That has now happened. That'll do it for us here on a Buffalo football Friday. Steve and I will be back on Monday. Do we have three hours on Monday? Yes, we, we do. do. We okay. Do. We're three hours. We don't have Monday. a game, but awesome. we're still three hours on Monday. We'll dice <laughs> up what else happened in week one of the NFL. Enjoy the games this weekend. You can kick back and relax because your Bills won last night. Enjoy week one, everybody. We'll see you Monday at noon. <laughs>